Next up. Dirty Plays. Hello, and welcome to Dirty Plays. I'm here, Nick's here, Sam's here, but guess who's not here? The guy that didn't invite anyone on this podcast to go golfing or to have any fun on 417. I actually like to think that last week's episode didn't happen because of him, because he just he, he just wanted to destroy 417, and I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Everything's working perfectly now. I mean, yeah, Nick's recording's working good, and we're working. Life is good. I I just want to say, what kind of dedication is this? I mean, this guy thinks he can go on vacation to Florida and not pod. Get out of here! What a lazy piece of shit. Inbred. I mean, you you can't carry a mic with you to Florida. Jesus Christ. I mean, you carried it to my house without your <laughs> wife knowing what the mic was for, and he can't even take it to Florida to podcast. Exactly. Where's the dedication? None. Zero. Can't believe he's missing an episode. Embarrassing. Piece of shit. Yeah, because you guys wouldn't record without me last week. I'm the only one to never miss an episode. Woo! I barely made it here tonight. Nick's last man standing. Um, I also, uh, to be honest, I didn't hear any of you guys on episode 54. So, you know, that doesn't count. Yeah. That was an ad. That was a big <laughs> dirty ad. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I would like, I would like to, to the, to the majority of the people that do listen to us, I, I would bet like 75% of them were like, what the fuck is this? Oh, but, I, that, but for the 25%, they were like, yeah, heard you loud and clear. I'd already forgotten what episode 54 was about, but it's about it was, love. It was me. It just, just me with my from first to last music. Heck Eric, yeah. are, you, are you, are you stoked for that copyright? Are you stoked that we're podding today? You finally have a sporting event to talk about. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can't wait to talk by myself. We'll make comments about something we didn't watch or know nothing about although yeah, i did dude. watch that leg breaking that was sick dude that was retarded that um, made me sick to my stomach yeah it was pretty brutal what tells his name I, I, that's why i'm not talking right why now. I can't chris think weidman yeah chris weidman so yeah so to, to build off of that so just in the last few months for whatever reason the calf kicks have become Something that I don't know if they're perfecting it or if they're just realizing that it's more effective. And all of these fighters are coming out and um, throwing these calf kicks, and they're it's huge. It, it's the reason why Connor didn't beat Dustin. It's the reason why Sean uh, Sugar Show O'Malley literally, it, it, if you hit the the calf perfectly, like you it, you like deaden a nerve in your leg, and um, you just can't. You're 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 basically or your your leg's gone. That leg is gone. And so it took out Connor, it took out uh, Sean Sugar Show, it took out Weidman. It also took out, I can't think of his name, but it, it was also a fight on Saturday. 
um, took out another guy. His his leg literally was like dead. He was like trying to walk, and his ankle would just he kept rolling his ankle like as he was just casually trying to walk back to his corner. It, it's wild. Weidman wasn't like stunned or rolled ankle. His that, leg shattered in half. That must have been, but he, but he, but he tried to throw the the calf. Yeah, kick. he he must he, have had a small fracture. Or he something. had the same thing that happened to Anderson Silva like three or four years ago, I think. Yeah, I don't think his leg just had a small fracture. He I think that threw, no, it shattered. It was completely broken all the way through. All I think there's like three bones in there or something. No, it, it for sure shattered the bone. But like those calf kicks, they're they're thrown so often that he must have injured that in training before or something for that just to snap on the first kick. And I mean, maybe, maybe not, but. He posted a picture of it on Twitter with it was so post surgery with the rod all the way up and down it and stuff. I watched that shit live. It wasn't when he kicked and it broke. Is when he it's when he he kicked, didn't realize it broke, and then when he brought it back, step on it. Oh, (laughs) so gross, dude. You know what it reminded me of? You remember at Western Sports Mall how the the goals are kind of indented into the boards in indoor soccer? Yeah. And yeah. so it's got like a rough edge all the way around the goal. We were like in fifth or sixth grade and Pudge, uh, <laughs> this kid in my class. Richard's cousin? No. It's not Richard's cousin. But I, I, it's Richard's I, I, cousin's friend. Um, but anyway, he was playing goalkeeper and he went for a diving save and wrecked his head into the boards. And everybody was like oh. gasped. He gets up and the coach is like waving for him to come out. Cause he's like, dude, you have a concussion. And he, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Puts his hand to the back of his head. And he had one of those like soccer goalie gloves on. It was covered. And the second he saw it was Gross. covered, he just freaked out. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Of like that leg shattered. And it like took three seconds for him to register that his leg had shattered. Re- remember when Connor played an entire soccer game against us with a bloody nose? And his yeah. entire chest was just covered in blood. That's some Andrew WK shit. That was pretty on, brutal. On the topic of UFC, have you um <clears throat> I guess like in sports, like they 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 started like taking like CTE into more like into consideration more. And they're like they're even like like I've I've heard like doctors talk about it with fighters, and they and they compare it to um, like soccer players, and they don't realize how bad they're damaging their brains and their heads by just doing like headballs. And I always thought that like growing up, like whenever I did a headball, I'm like, "Fuck, man, I got a headache. I can't." And I don't do them at all. And I'm not also not doing it against guys that are kicking the ball fucking sixty plus mile miles per hour on the regular. Can you? Really, when you think about that, like a defender in soccer, like them heading the ball out all the time, it is believable that they're they're hurting themselves. I oh yeah, imagine being a defender in a wall in professional soccer. Right, but just think about like the 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 nonchalant clearance with a, sure. a you know heavy weighted cross. You know what I mean? Well, we're wondering like why dudes and pros can head the ball. 50 yards because the ball's traveling so fast into their head. Right. But still like that, that, that lasting effect that it, it could be 
harming them for, you know, later in life, they're going to find out that they fucked up. So you're telling me all my beautiful header earn goals is going to cause brain damage. Yeah, it might no, not be no worth chance. it. Again. You got uh, the thickest head I've ever seen. So hell yeah. No, my brother does, but that's a different story. So, well, did you watch all the fights? Of course I did. What did, what do you think? Did you watch the, I think it was some chick named Rose or something. Oh, Rose. She's a beast. Oh my God. She, she so deserves it, man. She, she is such a little, she, this is going to sound bad, but she reminds me of my nephew because he also has a buzzed head and he, and he, she looks dead on my nephew. But anyways, Rose, like she's, she's done it all. And she's, um, she beat, um, oh my God, what the fuck is her name? Jo- Joanna, Jonah. Oh my God. What's her name? Hold on. Wow. Eric, way to be prepped for the only sport you know anything about. I can't say her name. I don't know. Their name. They're all fucking like. I, I won't say her name right. It's Joanna. I can't say her last name, but everyone fucking knows her. Let's just anyway, she, Joanna Ball. Joanna Ball. Um, she beat her a few years ago, and that was mind-blowing. And ever since then, she's kind of like been on a road to redemption. And this um, and then over this weekend, she she threw a, a leg kick and just not, and knocked the champion out, and that was it. And she, you could tell on her face and like through her um, interview after the fight that she was like, over like over the moon happy with with her performance and she like she was crying and stuff and you don't like normally you don't like buy into their success stories and shit like that but you truly felt like happy for her. joe rogan was crying with her in the middle of the octagon i mean the only thing i saw was just a quick clip of like didn't she like give the other girl a headshot with her foot with her foot, yeah, she snuck it in. It wasn't. It was. It was beautiful. Like it wasn't like she like swung it around while um, the other chick was uh, like you know off you know off balance or whatever. Like they were both standing straight, and she threw a leg kick straight up and then whipped it right at the right second and knocked her out. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, and Zhang, I guess I, I guess that's how you pronounce her name. That's why I haven't said it. <laughs> the, the the former champion. She uh, was trying to protest, protest it the whole time, but it's like you were clearly knocked out. And that, normally, they always protest it right afterwards. Yeah, normally they always protest it right afterwards, and I and I get that. But when you after it happens and you're able to look up at the fucking uh, the jumbotron, normally you know they they come down, and they see it, and they're like, "Fuck," you know, it is what it is. But she kept fighting it. It's like, shut up, you lost. What's, what's the purse for the loser compared to the winner? No clue. I have no clue. I think it's different each time. See, this is why like boxers got it made and it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, it's true. The loser true. still makes a ton of money too. And yeah. I'd be like, sweet, I got knocked out. This is over. Can I get my money now? Right. Let me go home. So everyone in this fight, I'd imagine their purses were all pretty good because this was a stacked card. But um, yeah, you're right. I I, I don't know. UFC That's fighters a- don't make enough. Yeah, no, enough. not not at all. Not at all. Well, cool. We'll talk about UFC uh, two months from now when Conor McGregor comes out of retirement for the 417th time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, you want to talk about What about oh, your boy, though? Sure. What about your boy? You said you're going to hype up your boy. Usman? Yeah. Usman. He's just a champ, dude. He's a champ. He- He's just a champ. I I wanted Masvidal to win that just because 
Not because I don't like Usman. I like Usman. I think he deserves everything he's getting right now. But um, I, Nate Diaz actually fights uh, Leon Edwards next month. And I really wanted both of them to win. So Masvidal and uh, Diaz would fight for the baddest motherfucker belt and the actual uh, uh, the welterweight belt. That would have been sweet. But er- now it's not er- happening. Eric, here, here's what I'll promise you. If my two boys fight each other, if Khabib fights Usman, I'll watch that. I'll watch a full <laughs> UFC fight. Well, you'll never watch your one boys, because that'll never, ever happen. <laughs> How far away are they in weight class? Um, I think welterweight, that's 170. Not Actually, it's not too far away, to be honest, but Khabib won't go up and, and Usman won't go down. And, a, and Habib's done. He's retired, and I believe him. What's the smallest weight class? In, in men's, 135, which would be the um, bantamweight? Flyweight or bantamweight? No, I think flyweight's above. And actually, I think flyweight is um, it's bantamweight. Bantamweight's 135, I believe. Yeah. That's tiny. It is tiny. I mean, think about how little I am. It, it would be a struggle for me to get down to that weight. Yeah, but, okay, Conor McGregor used to fight at 155, right? Or that's yeah. his main... He fought at 145, and that's when he like went through a tear. Through the, that's when he made his name. And then he won that, tight, that belt, and then went up to 155 against Eddie Alvarez and absolutely dominated him and won that belt. And he, so he was the first one to hold two belts at one time. Yeah, and well, he he's I, also fought at one seventy. So he's all he's one. I think he's the only fighter to go across three weight divisions, and you know, and uh, at least have victories and knockouts and all in three different weight divisions. I think I remember watching him at one fifty five, being one hundred and fifty five pounds at the time, mm. and like just wondering how a one hundred and fifty five pound person could look so jacked. Right, just they. Well, when they when they fight, they're not at that weight, as you know. Sure, but, I know they put on probably fifteen plus pounds. When Connor would weigh right in at one forty five, he looked like an f- absolute crackhead. But then two days, you know, the next two day or day and a half until the fight, he would look like a completely different person. So unhealthy. Yeah. They should. They should have the. They. I think they should for for UFC fights or any fights. They should have to weigh in. 12 hours before or 20, you know, something closer. So they're not doing that drastic cut. And then it just, it's insane. Kind of giggling at your CTE talk earlier because like, has anybody watched UFC? Obviously these guys are going to be fucked up. (laughs) They do so much (laughs) terrible shit to their bodies. Right. That doesn't (laughs) include the fighting. Like, right. Even without fighting, they do so many terrible things to their bodies. Right. Well, that's that's why I kind of linked it to soccer real quick. Because, I mean, clearly it's almost dumb to even have the conversation about it with, with fighting. You get what you're signed up for and everyone yeah. should expect brain damage. But for soccer or something like that, you don't – I don't think those – I bet most of those guys don't even think about it. You know, that's just how they play the game. But Peter, Peter Czech does. Peter Keech. Keech. He definitely thought Hell about it. All right. All right, Sam. Baseball. 
Let's talk a little Reds or a little baseball real quick. I don't um, really, I don't really want to because I was, uh, I haven't watched a bunch of them this year. So I, you wanted to talk about it, so I did a, a typical Nick thing and looked up their stats, and I was, it was, they were. I regret, I regret that I looked up their stats. Why do you it's regret terrifying. it? It's Wait terrifying. For... Their stats are awful. I mean. They're all they're they're batting stats are two players right now. Yes. And their pitching staff is brutal. Their pitching is pretty their, brutal. Their best two starters are their worst starters. Like best two starters like order wise. They're A and they're B or they're one and they're two. And then their bullpen is atrocious. I think the, there's the bullpen's a nightmare. Their bullpen is an utter nightmare. Okay. I I know that these are going to be higher typically, but I looked up their ERAs for the whole team with runner and runners in scoring position, and I think there's eight guys on the team that have over a 14 ERA with runners in scoring position. Oh, easily. That's, that's so easily. Awful. So brutal. Let let me give you a rundown of how this season's gone. So first seven games or, you know, that first homestand. Awesome. Right. We end up going five and one in the homestand. We're feeling great. Mm -hmm. Then they go. And during that homestand pitching wasn't great, but the hitting was lights out. Everybody was hitting. We were stoked on it. You know, Tyler Naquin was hitting. Aquino is hitting well, like two two guys weren't hitting. It's Aquino, Aquino, whatever. Um, like everybody was was performing, but you know we were performing against the Pirates. They go on their trip out west, which for whatever reason the Reds cannot play out west. Like they just struggle with it, and they Don't struggle they play in Arizona for spring training now they do play in arizona for spring training but there was some ridiculous stat on how long it's been like 20 years since they've had a road stretch out west where they've had to come back with a winning record um and they proceeded to go like i think one and five or two and four against arizona and um san francisco so not a great trip. Bat started cooling off. Come home. Um, and I think when we got home, we played Arizona again. We did, but we played Cleveland first. Uh, won the series with Cleveland two to one, but then proceeded to lose six straight, getting swept by Arizona at home and St. Louis on the road. And that's where it really started to break down in a big way where the team was losing games. They probably should have won based solely off of their bullpen. Um, I mean, right now I would say I, I haven't looked at the stats, but um, I've been listening to pretty much every game while I do yard work. Cause I'm in full on dad mode and uh, Winker 
Castiano, you know, Vado's performing. Um, Have you looked at Vado's line lately? His, I haven't looked at it. His, I, his OPS is under 700. He's not performing at all. He performs when you uh, need him. There. Like maybe, like I, I'm telling you, this is just as a stats guy. Maybe he's come up with a couple decent big hits, but well, he, he's definitely done his, that. His overall line is bad. Suarez is worse. Oh, Suarez is so Suarez, Suarez has been ice cold. Suarez might be the least valuable player in all of Major League Baseball at this point in the season. Yeah, Suarez is really struggling. Um, yeah, I mean, Vada's on base percentage is 290. It's not terrible, uh, but yeah, it's certainly not. Studly, um, but but anyway, what has really shown poorly for the Reds is their their bullpen. Their bullpen is atrocious, atrocious, and and no one more so than Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett, I don't know if you looked at his line, but. Garrett can't come into the game and not give up multiple runs. Well, you know, I was talking about ERA with runners in scoring position. Yeah. I believe his is over a 30. Yes. Which means he's giving up three runs an inning, basically, plus. More than more than three runs an inning with runners in scoring position, basically. I think he's, he's allowed a... 400 or higher on base percentage while guys have been in scoring position against him. So he's basically just giving teams runs. Yep. And they've moved him out of a closer position. And the last couple appearances he's had has been more in a setup role uh, or middle relief. And even there, he's getting blown up. So my question to you, Nick, would be like, what do you do with somebody like that? Because in the clips I've watched, he clearly has no confidence. Um, like He's just only, shot mentally. You only pitch him in games where you're already blown out. Or because, would, you, would you send him down? No. He's been in the majors too long. Unless I see... It, I, like I said, I haven't watched and I'm not a baseball coach. Like I have no idea. Like I, I wouldn't notice a mechanical flaw in somebody unless they like, you know, pulled it up on the broadcast. Like he's not doing this the same kind of thing. Um, it, I would assume his velocity is still there. I mean, I, he was known as a, like a slider guy, right? That's his pitch, his out pitch. Um, he he is, and oh, I want to. I want. I should go check on baseball savant, but I feel like he's been throwing very few sliders this year. It's been a ton of fastballs. Well, you—that's usually how struggling pitchers go. Yep. They throw their fastball because it's the easiest pitch for them to locate. Um, I wouldn't send him down. I don't think that does anything for him except hurt his confidence more. 
That's why I think like you're down seven nothing. Put him in in the sixth, seventh inning. Usually, I feel like Major League Baseball teams don't really care that much when they're up seven eight nothing. So, should be three easy outs. Like that's that's the situation I think you want him in, where there's no pressure. It doesn't really matter if he gives up two more runs. They're already getting blown out. That's the spots. Like today's game, they were down two nothing, but then they were down eight nothing pretty quickly. He should have yep. came in to finish up the eight nothing. Yeah. Assuming he was on whatever rest. Yeah. Because I I'd, I'd still try to treat him like a normal reliever where I'm only sending him out there every, you know, third day or something or every other day or so. Yeah, I I, I uh, completely agree with that. Like there were people calling for him to be sent down. I'm like, it seems like a confidence issue. And if it's a confidence issue, that's not, that's going to do exactly the opposite of what yeah, you want it's the to worst do. thing you could do. Yep. Like, just just get him out of situations that matter. Like, it's easy. The Reds are in plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, looking oh. at his baseball savant page. He is absolute worst in expected slugging against the uh, batters he's facing. Expected batting average, barrel percentage, like everything. He is literally the worst right now. Yeah. Suarez wasn't, you know, batting fourth or fifth in the lineup every day. I would say he's the least valuable player, but I still think it's Suarez. Yeah. So, so Suarez is slumping significantly. Uh, Garrett's been pretty awful. The whole bullpen's been been terrible. Um, Cass, or not Castellanos, um, Castillo. He's been a disappointment. He seems to be unable to locate his fastball. Um, so not looking great from, from the hot start we had. The last series, though, against the Dodgers gives me a little bit of hope. Um, it's weird because last season, all of these games mattered a hell of a lot more than they do right now. Like, we're just through April – um, but I think we can kind of say, well, this team is probably going to end up where we thought at the beginning of the season, which is most likely hovering around 500, maybe a few games under. And in, in my opinion, the sad part is like, because of the weird, like the blown games and stuff, they probably should be a few games over right now. And I think if you get to the all-star break, you know, seven, eight games over, which they're trending obviously in the wrong direction, then you might make some moves. But if you hit the all-star break at two games under, then you probably don't make a move. And I still feel like this team is good enough that if you got a couple more players, then you are going to be competing Oh, absolutely. It makes you wonder if this team had 
Iglesias and Bradley on it still. Because I think uh, what type of impact that would have. I think the Reds are like first in homers and first in RBIs. They're still kind of like a homer or nothing team. Yep. Um, except today, where who batted leadoff for him today? Fuck. He's um, not Winker, the other young outfielder. Um, Senzel? Senzel. Yeah. Senzel went four for four in leadoff, and the rest of the team had one hit today. So they still very much are frustrating in that sense of like, you're right. I mean, they're, they're the, the new, they're kind of the prototype for the new style of baseball, which is, you know, three outcome pop up, strikeout or home run. Um, um, they're doing a little bit better at run production this year. Um, but that's not saying much after what we witnessed last year. Um, Winker and Castellanos, who have been their best players this year, batting wise, and not close, it's not even close either. Um, they struggled today, but I also think Kershaw intentionally kind of pitched around Castellanos and he still swung at everything. That's why he had three strikeouts today. Um, because that's it, they played against Kershaw today, and Kershaw knows Cassianos is going to swing even if he throws the ball in the dirt four times in a row probably so because I think they said on the broadcast that Cassianos swings at more pitches than anybody else in the league and he's still hitting over 300 which is pretty incredible with that kind of swing rate yeah like when when I was saying like I'm looking at their schedule right now when I was saying the bats have been good like it's been a lot about run production. Um, so I, I wasn't really looking at any individual players stat lines, um, but more so some of the run production they've put up. Um, you know, I, I think it looks like there's like five games at least so far where they've put up 10 or more runs. Um, yeah, four of those were the first five games of the season. Uh, I mean, they put up 11 and a loss to Arizona. They put up 10 and a win over Cleveland. Um, They've been putting up five or six here here and there. They they lead the league in RBIs, so the run creation is definitely there. Um, The, The frustrating part of that is you also look, and they have four games where they didn't score a single run. Yeah, because they're still kind of not necessarily homer or nothing but they're close to that close to it yeah all right well we're pretty far into this do we want to move on to the most important topic in sports for I me for me it's the most important topic in sports the whole year more important than any game more important than any championship it's the nfl draft it's best draft week. eve nick it's the it's best a- week of the year for me Tomorrow's round one. I'm so hyped. Like, I wasn't that hyped last year about the draft. I wasn't. I I think the Bengals have really hurt my. I mean, I was hyped last year, but I knew we were getting Burrow. So I wasn't that hyped because I already knew what the pick was going to be. Um, 
Plus, this year, the offensive firepower is crazy. And that, I think, makes it a little more exciting when everybody's like, ooh, what wide receiver is going here? What running back's going here? What quarterback's going here? There might be nine offensive players in the first nine picks this year. And it, be... Was that Trevor Lawrence uh, tweet? Was that real? No, it wasn't real. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I wish it was real, but I don't think he would have responded to that. So, dude, dude said, yo, baby girl, check out your DMs. <laughs> he said, Trevor Lawrence responds, please stop sending me dick pics. I'm a man. <laughs> oh, Trevor. All right. So- well, Sam, uh, you, you want to do a top 10. I think we can clearly say that the first two picks are already decided well Um, so here's how i want to do it nick let's go back and forth with each pick and i want you to make two picks they can be the same pick but i want you to pick who you think the team in the current slot is going to pick and then do a hypothetical but do a hypothetical who do you think deserves you know that position or or what do i think is going to happen well, no, I want one of like, what do you think is going to happen? And one is what do you think the best option is? Okay, I can do that. But I do think starting with Jacksonville with the first overall pick, it, it seems pretty straightforward. It seems pretty unanimous. I think uh, it's already done. I'm pretty sure he's already signed a contract. I. Uh, which wouldn't shock me at all. And I don't think there should be anybody else, but it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. 100%. And I think the thing for me that makes him kind of a no brainer is how early he developed and how good he's just consistently been. So not only has, you know, he, done what he's done at at the college level but he pretty much like was doing it as a freshman which is when you can be 19 years old and play with 21 22 year olds a lot of people think that he had the best freshman season of any college football player ever yeah yep so unfortunately i mean it clearly hasn't affected his draft status or how people think about him, but his freshman year was also probably his best year. So there's that to think about, but the fact that he was already so developed, so young and has basically kept that same level, like his level hasn't really dropped a ton if it's dropped at all, but you could also say he hasn't really wowed anybody more than he did as a freshman yep i i would i would agree with that but part of that is you know you don't expect that level of play from a freshman if you if you performed equally your freshman year and your senior year you're going to get more props for it your freshman year than your senior year yeah i mean his freshman year was unbelievable for anybody like i said it's probably the best freshman year a college player has ever had. Yep. So let's, let's go into the next pick because I personally feel like there's a bit more 
intrigue starting at number two. I still think we'll probably have the same opinion of what the Jets are going to do. But what do you think the Jets are going to do? And then who would you pick if you were in the Jets spot? Okay. The Jets are going to pick Zach Wilson. Like, I think you could also make a hundred percenter on it. I bet like most draft picks have odds. Like who's going to go here. You can bet on it. I guarantee you there is nothing on the books for the Jets. It's almost guaranteed a done deal, Zach Wilson. They didn't send anybody to any of the other guys, like, second pro days or whatever. Like, it seems like they've already made up their minds as well. Um... If I'm the Jets, I'm probably taking Zach Wilson because I don't think any of the other quarterbacks separate themselves. Like, he played for BYU. I can tell you I watch zero full BYU games. But I've seen enough highlights that he doesn't really like. You could talk about Justin Fields. You could talk about Mac Jones. Talk about Trey Lance. He plays at a bigger school than Trey Lance. He has a dynamic arm. He can run, so he doesn't really separate himself from Justin Fields to me. He's obviously more athletic than Mac Jones, so I think I'm completely fine with them taking him at two. All right. I know you have a little bit different opinion than that. I do. So I agree with you that the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. I think that feels like a pretty much done deal. Um, I think I would go for Justin Fields. I was really impressed with what I saw of Justin Fields. And the criticisms I keep hearing feel a little weak. Like they feel... I, I'm not buying, I guess, the, the, the reasons. I'm trying to figure out. I don't really dive too deep into, like, random people, but I feel like most people in on, like, the NFL Network or ESPN or, like, the higher epitome of, you know, media graders for players, like still love Justin Fields. Like the criticisms coming from like Twitter more than anything. Yeah. Or, or teams themselves. There just doesn't seem like there, well, there seems to be some discontent you, around you say him. Teams themselves. And it's probably like one 60 year old fucking scout that still thinks like, Johnny Unitas is the greatest quarterback of all time or something yep. that that's exactly the feeling I'm kind of getting here. And that's not to say I know enough about Zach Wilson to say categorically, Justin Fields is going to be better. Um, to your point, I watch zero BYU games. I'm never going to watch 
a BYU game. That sounds like the most boring shit possible because I'm too busy watching Mac football on a Tuesday night. But, Fuck yeah. but, uh, but it's true, folks. He loves the Mac. Ju- Justin Field seems like he's got all the intangibles, and if you were to just put them, if, if you were to tell me that, like, yeah, they're pretty much the same in all of their comparables. Just the fact that Justin Fields has gone through the pressure cooker of being at a school like Ohio State with the pressure would give that bit of edge. And so Justin, for Justin for, Fields demolished number one Clemson. Oh, demolished. yeah. Well, Absolutely. I think they're number two because I think. Um, yeah, Bama was number one. Bama was one, but still, he demolished them. But yeah, so and and with the the all that comes being the quarterback at Ohio State and how crazy Ohio State fans are, how much pressure comes with being in that program. To me, if I'm New York, I'd say, hey, you know what? That's something we need in a quarterback in a sports market like New York. And I'd question Zach Wilson's ability to handle that. Um, so I would go Justin Fields. It's not a huge gap between the two. I think the gap between Lawrence and the rest of the field is bigger than the gap I have between like Wilson Fields and Lance, but I would, I would go Justin Fields at number two. I think for me though, a lot of what I've heard about Fields is he's not necessarily like a vocal leader and that does maybe tight very slightly hurt his value to me because I do feel like vocal leadership is a really big, important quality in a quarterback. Like Tom Brady always talked. Peyton Manning always talked. I could Aaron Rodgers always talked. Drew Brees, you can hear him all over the huddle. Yeah, Mahomes Patrick, too. Patrick Mahomes too. That's what I'm saying. The the big winners in recent football history to me all seem like very vocal leaders. So that does like yeah, there's skills like but driving your team over the edge. You need that I don't care if we're up 20, you ran that route wrong kind of attitude. That's fair, but I don't know if Zach Wilson has that ability either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Zach Wilson had to use that at BYU. Um, Tim, we know you just don't trust Mormons either. but Oh, absolutely not. But it's really about. But it's the Mormons. The Mormons pe- are right. People who see Mountain Dew as a sin, they ain't for me. All right. What about after 5 p.m.? Oh. Oh. That's not a... That's not a sin. It's just a no-no for my nap time, you know? Or do you want to move on to some <laughs> yeah, more we, exciting picks in the draft? We probably we were, should. We were dragging out a done deal too long, I think, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to go first for number three? Because this is this is a prime time, could shake up the draft big time pick here. <sighs> so I'm really trying to think whether I'm going galaxy brain or not on this one. So San Francisco moved up in the draft 
to get the number three spot. Spend a ton too. Spend a ton. So they're going quarterback. Um, based on what I think's going to happen, we've got Wilson and Lawrence off the board. Yeah. I don't think they're considering fields. That's the talk I've also heard. But you you consider Fields your second best quarterback in this draft. Right? I do. So th- I do. So that's who you would take at three, right? That that's who I well, based on what I'm doing, um, since since the Jets took Fields at three, I'm gonna put Will Wilson at or sorry, since the Jets took Fields at number two, I'm gonna put Will Wilson at number three. Like based yeah, off of we know that's not gonna happen. We know that's not gonna happen. So I I think the 49ers are going to go Trey Lance. The Mac Jones stuff boggles the mind. And I can only think that it is a smokescreen to keep Trey Lance from going. But see, this is where I play the galaxy brain game of like, if you know the Jets are going with Wilson and the Jaguars are going with Lawrence, why do you need to smokescreen? It doesn't matter if you telegraph your intentions. I honestly don't think they've made up their mind yet. Um, but also, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but apparently there was some really hot Jimmy Garoppolo back to New England rumors right before we started potting tonight. So if that happens, then it's guaranteed Mac Jones at three. Um, That might happen post draft, but um, if, if the 49ers make up their mind that Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on their team, you're picking Mac Jones. Um, Trey Lance played one game of college football last year and not because he was hurt because that's how many games his school played. He plays at North Dakota state as well. He's only had one real season as a starter. Say you could say the same thing about Mac Jones. Mac Jones did start like four or five games as a junior when Tua was hurt, but I mean, I'm taking fields if I'm them. But like we said, I don't think that's who they're interested in. And I think Mac Jones is better than what a lot of people like. I feel like the Mac Jones criticisms are he's not that athletic. It's like. So how many crazy athletic quarterbacks have been super successful in NFL history? Russell Wilson. Well, okay. So here's my criticism of Mac Jones. Athleticism is part of it. The other five first round picks at wide receiver playing for him. Yes. And some of the analytics guys who look at expected catch probability on plays say that the placement that Mac Jones did not have great placement of the ball. And that's absurd. That's absurd. That I'm telling you, I'm telling you what the guys who are watching the film professionally are telling me. Don't hate the guy. I know, but they're wrong. 
So you're saying that that Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle did not they help make catches, they, help make catches that maybe your standard wide right receiver would not have made. Jalen Waddle caught, I believe, twenty three balls this year. So Devontae talk- Smith had 117. Mac Jones had 200 other completions this year. I'm talking about Mac Jones's because this wasn't his only year starting. No, it was his only year yeah, starting. Yeah, well, he he played last year with Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith. Yes, those four guys, all of which are going to be top 15 picks in the NFL. Definitely created. But Devontae Smith has already said, I would rather play with Mac Jones than Tua. And Tua was a top five pick. Devontae Smith told people that if he was going to the NFL and he had to pick between the two, he'd pick Mac Jones. Mac Jones completed the most, the highest percentage of passes ever in a college football season. Sure. Maybe his placement wasn't perfect, but he completed the most, the highest percentage of passes ever. Like he put the ball where it was supposed to be. Yeah. I, I, I'm still struggling with disconnecting his individual ability from being on a team of essentially 11 pro players. And I know the SEC is a tough league, but you can't say that the cast around Mac Jones contributes to Mac Jones padding his stat line. Well, yeah, sure. But his stat line was 41 touchdowns and four picks. It was phenomenal. I don't think... I mean, honestly, for me, it it come down to like the interview room and the processing room is how does Mac Jones feel about himself? Like, how confident is he? Because that's one of the things we love about Joe Burrow, right? He's oh, swaggy. Absolutely. He's swaggy. He's confident. Joe Burrow doesn't have a top ten arm in the NFL. Joe Burrow probably doesn't have a top fifteen arm in the NFL. But his cockiness, his swagger, his I-can-win-any-game-you-put-me-in attitude is what we love about him. It's not how well he throws the ball. It's his thought process and winning the game. All I'm going to say is Jimmy Noppert's cocky, and that kid can't do shit. Or straight up. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's move, so tell move me. on. No, no, no. I, so are you are you saying San Francisco I, 49ers I, are picking Mac Jones? I think so. Right. But I think Do, they should take Fields. Based on our current board, I think they should take Fields. I think they're picking Jones. All right. I think they should take Wilson, considering I think Jones should go or Fields should go second. I think they're gonna take Trey Lance. All right, let's move on to number four. I think we're going to have more consensus around number four. What What's do you got yours? here, Nick? My, mine is that 
Atlanta Falcons should take Kyle Pitts. And if I was at number four, I would take Kyle Pitts. Okay. Um, I love that name. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is the best non-quarterback in this draft. Yep. I think Atlanta... Atlanta is talking about trading Julio Jones. You do not trade Julio Jones if you're in win-now situation. You also do not draft a wide receiver slash tight end if you're also in win-now situation. If you are a win-later team, if you think you're done for right now, your window is closed. We're also talking about a team that was in the Super Bowl fairly recently. One, their defense is still pretty bad. Two, Matt Ryan is 36-37. I think you have to think about a developmental quarterback. And in my board, Trey Lance or Justin Fields is still available. Justin Fields is way more valuable for the future of this franchise than Kyle Pitts. I would agree with that take. I just don't think that's entirely the mindset Atlanta has right now. And I don't know. Yeah, unless, I, I, unless, so, unless the Julio Jones trade rumors is, like you said, a smokescreen. You were talking about smoke screens earlier. Yeah. I, I think if you're drafting Kyle Pitts, Julio Jones has to still be on your roster. I, I agree because if you have Julio Jones on your roster, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, like they're one of the most potent offenses and you're taking a shot at winning this year or next year. Uh, Plus you're picking you have up to, fourth in the second round, which gives you a good shot at one of the stud running backs in this class too. So, yep. Yep. So I, I, yeah, I think it's going to come down to their mindset. I don't think they're going to take the win later approach, particularly if three quarterbacks go, I don't necessarily know if they're going to want to invest. I also think this is a big trade spot. I think anything past three is a big trade spot because I think there are a lot of teams desperate for quarterbacks and knowing that the quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three creates a situation where I think somebody else is going to trade into the top. I would also depends on who the quarterbacks are because that leaves only two that are supposed to be, you know, these top 10 pick guys. Well, if the wrong one's there, like let's say Mac Jones is the one that falls and not as many teams are high on Mac Jones. Well, then your trademark gets smaller, obviously. So Yeah, yeah. But to your point at the beginning of this, Kyle Pitts is just a freak. He's an utter freak, and I think he's going to have a long career terrorizing defenses given his athletic ability. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns and say Kyle Pitts is going number four. My guns is trade. I'll say they pick pits all right now let's get to our cincinnati Bengals. 
Pick number five. Joda. Joda indeed, dude. Hell yeah. Bring, bring Joda back to Cincy. Get him out of Seattle. It's corrupting his brain. Joda is so moronic that <laughs> even if the Bengals Jesus. were like, hey, we want to pick you at fifth in the draft, because of these guys on the Dirty Plays pod that make fun of you all the time, and we just heard so many terrible things about you that we just are <laughs> such a joke of a franchise that we're going to pick you at five. And Joda would turn it down. Like, he'd turn the $30 million down because it, he'd think too highly of himself. Yeah, he's like, nah, dude, the Patriots are after me. Nah. I'm not no. going to do that. No, I like work. I like working tech in Seattle. That's not me. Joda's oh, so yeah. dumb. He would turn down thirty million guaranteed dollars <laughs> to fucking stay in Seattle. In no matter what the IT conversation dude. is, he's never safe. I I just hope I just hope uh, Nick or Eric gets a text after this, being like, "Fuck you guys." There's no, no chance listen. Josh listens to our episodes. But what if he does, dude? What if he, he does? Then what if he came back? Then then, then come home. I Josh. hope Oscar home. listens and tells him. That's Hell my yeah. only hope. Oh yeah. Well, let, let's get back to the task at hand here, Nick. Who are you picking? Who do you the think wask. should go at number five? The wask at hand. Or who do you think the Bengals are picking? Who 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 would you pick? If Pitts is gone, Penny for both. All right. It, I'm gonna... for, for who they're picking, for who I think they should pick, it's Penny for both. If Pitts is gone. Yes. Agreed. Um, um, this, I'll tell you why real quickly, and then we'll go to you. I've read that there are 17 or 18 wide receivers in this draft that could go in the first two rounds based off talent. 17 or 18. That is absolutely insane. That's a quarter of those two rounds at one position. And it's a position that we would also be talking about the Bengals drafting. Oh, I, absolutely. When when you're on Madden with this draft class, it's like if, every other prospect is a wide receiver. If I wanna if I wanna make it clear though, if Pitts is there, you take Pitts, you don't blink. Hundred percent. See, uh, I don't run to the podium and hand that Pitts card in. I've been back and forth in this almost every day since I've started to kind of pay attention and think about the draft. And I literally cannot pick between the three of Chase Pitts and Sewell. Um, I do kind of agree with you, Nick, of like, in a vacuum, Pitts has a slight edge just based on what a freak talent he is. Uh, I don't think, I don't think the Bengals are. I think it's still between Chase and Sewell. I think the Bengals are gonna go Chase. Really? And yeah, I I, I just think they, that the, they've said countless times though that. O-line is still their top priority. You can say that, but I think that I think they're high on chase. I think that they've 
just lost a generational talent at uh, wide receiver. And I think from a marketing perspective, and I hate to be like this, but this is, I'm sure how Mike Brown thinks about it. It's a lot easier to market a stud wide receiver than market a stud lineman. Um, Sure. You're going to sell more chase jerseys. It's a great name to have on the back of a jersey. Exactly. And the whole angle of reuniting him with Joe Burrow, like that's something I think that they'll take into account, whether they should or not. Especially if he picks a great number like eight. I can't remember what his college number is. I think it's like 11 or something. Um, I was actually thinking about that the, the other day. Like if I were to be a professional player and I get called up, the first thing I do, and they're like, "What number do you want to be?" It would be sixty nine so quick. Do you you can you imagine if you guys we knew someone like one of our friends, and then we saw them like on the like United States national um, men's soccer team, and they go out on the field with the fucking number sixty nine on their jersey. Like how fucking funny that would be. How do you how do you choose any other number? Yeah, would would be great. Historically, though, in the NFL, the only people allowed to have 69 were linemen, either offensive or defensive, I believe. So that limited the number of people, obviously, that could choose it. Now, can you really um, not choose like, any number you want in football? It has to be no. like specific. Each position is designated certain numbers. R- this year, they passed a new rule that Uh-oh. greatly broadened that. Um, I still don't think wide receivers or running backs or tight ends can wear 69. I think that's still reserved for linemen only. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm almost a hundred percent sure of that. Free the 69. Hashtag it. All right, Sam, like you're, dog- you're chase at five. That's what I'm you're chase saying. at five. Do you I, think the Bengals are going to do that too? You and the Bengals oh, are both Chase? I, I think I'm Suwell. Or, I don't know why I can't say his name. Is it is it Suwell? It's basically Swall. It's Swall. It's Swall. 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 If there's a hundred little delegates in my head, 50 are going Chase, 50 are going Swall, and... There's a little tiebreaker delegate that goes swole. Um, I want to say that I would be perfectly happy with any of the three. Oh, like I agree. Completely happy, happy and content. Yep. Like the only way the Bengals could fuck this up is if they trade back and don't get what I see as appropriate value. And by appropriate value, I mean like two future first round picks. Yep. Completely agree. So, like, if New England is like, like, what San Fran traded to Miami for the three was this year's first round pick, and then their 2022 and 2023 first round picks. If Cincinnati can't get the same thing from New England, I don't want it. Agreed. Yeah. I, I I think at this point we should stay pat with what we got. No, that's what I prefer too, but could you really pass up 
three extra or two extra first round picks when you're the oh, Bengals. Absolutely not, but I don't think that package is coming the Bengals way. No, the Bengals probably turn that package down. Probably. Probably. If somebody's dumb enough to offer, the Bengals would be even dumber to and turn it down. Yeah. Okay. Moving on from the Bengals. Number six. Miami Dolphins. For me, it's Chase. Because, like I said, the Bengals are taking Swole. Yep. Swole. Swole. So I said I believe the Bengals are taking Chase. I agree with you that the Dolphins are probably looking at wide receiver. So I think the Dolphins go Jalen Waddle. But even if Chase is thick. Uh, no, I'm saying I'm saying in my scenario of what I think these teams are gonna do, Chase is off the board. I think in reality, the Bengals are going Chase, even though I personally would prefer Sewell at that at that number five pick. So based on what I think, how I think these teams are gonna act, I think that Chase is off the board, which means that Miami is going to go for Waddle. But I think if right. Swall was there, if, if, if Penny Swall was still there, that's who they should go for because their offensive line is atrocious. You think Miami should take the line? I think they should, See, but I don't I have, think they will. I, I think they're going to go wide receiver. I have seen zero absolutely zero mock drafts from any single person anywhere that's had them take in O-linemen where I've heard and seen the exact same thing. Their O-line isn't that good. So yeah. why, why is even in so many mock drafts, even with Chase and Pitts gone, it's still a whiteout. It's like, yep. You guys know you need a lineman. Their, their line makes Slater, ours I've, look I've, good. I've heard some... I wouldn't go that far. Um, I've heard some teams are higher on Slater than Swole because yep. they think he's more pro-ready now. They think he's more versatile. Um, I think, for me, Swole's the top guy in this class, but... I've heard some teams are higher on Slater. Okay, so we kind of got Miami out of the way. I think Chase, you think Waddle. Yep. Moving on to seven, Detroit. So Detroit's wideout situation is also pretty dire. And if Waddle and Chase are gone, I think they go Devontae Smith. I would say I want to agree with that, but I see Smith taking a little fall in this draft. I'm not sure the durability concern should be real, but I feel like in a a year where teams have said they haven't really gotten full medical reports about people, they're not really sure about like, Pat, real past injuries or injuries that never showed up on reports because of, you know, guys playing through it and stuff. I have a hard time 
I'm also low on Waddle. I'll talk about Waddle, but I haven't got to Waddle either. I love Smith's route running. I love his playmaking ability. I love everything about him as a wide receiver. The size doesn't really bother me, but I'm not handing him a multi-million dollar check. So I think the size is going to scare some people off. I think Detroit trades away the pick. I think a team moves up to seven to pick a quarterback. That's what I think is going to happen. But if I have to give Detroit a player, I'll give them... God. I'll give them Patrick Sertan because they still need a corner, even though they took a corner with their first pick last year. Nice. That's a terrible, terrible mock pick. Yeah, because I think uh, from everything I've heard, uh, Sertan's pretty much a lock for Dallas. Yeah, but Detroit picks before them. They need I, I know, I know, but but uh, um, I think they trade the pick. That's what I really think they're going to do. If I'm writing a mock, it's trade. But yeah, who who do you think moves up into that spot? New England. Think or so? Washington, probably New England. Even with the Jimmy Garoppolo talk today, uh, maybe. Um, also maybe Denver just moves up two spots because then Detroit will feel better about picking Sertan ninth. Plus they'll get a little extra value. Plus Denver can then not risk Carolina taking a quarterback, which is still, still a possibility. So that's why I think Denver might jump Carolina or new England trades up. If new England feels like they have enough value. Yeah, I, I could see that. I I just think their wide receiver depth so poor that if they don't trade out of the spot, they'll probably take a wide receiver. And that's why, you know, I, I agree with some of your concerns on Smith, but I think that national championship game is still seared on so many people's minds and you know, Heisman Trophy winner, um, best PFF grade by a wideout in college football ever in a single season. Like uh, the fact that he's the third drafted wide receiver, well, I think to me is mock. in my mock is already a slip. So I I don't think he falls outside of the top 10, and I think Detroit's going to take him. Well, let's remember, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken last year, and that was a terrible decision. It was. It was. And none of these guys are locks. I mean, I think we all pretend like we're super certain. You know, if, if you were to go back in most drafts, the first quarterback off the board is not the best quarterback in that class. That probably goes for most positions. Um, sure. So yeah. It, it's... Um, wide receiver might be the exception to that. It could be, but like, look at, look at John Ross. I mean, I, I'd have to go back well, and look at I, like, I would, well, he wasn't the first wide receiver taken in that draft. I believe he was third. Yeah, he wasn't, but he was still like, 
you're going to find somebody who is like 15. None, none of those, none of those three have been great. One yep. was Corey Davis. Second was Mike Williams. Yep. So, all right, Let, let's find out eight. these last Carolina. three picks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get her done. Who do you have? Who do you think Carolina's going to take? Fields, if he's there. Um, in my Atlanta takes pit situation, obviously the Bengals and the Dolphins are not taking a QB. Um, although I'm, I'm, I don't think anybody has the Dolphins taking a QB, but I've heard some people say they still need one because they don't like what they see from Tua. I say it's too early on that, but back to Carolina fields because Sam Darnold, I don't trust. And I think that you draft fields, see what Sam Darnold does. Cause I feel like Carolina could have a decent offense. Plus you get away from, you know, the curse of Adam Gase. So maybe Darnold blows up. Ryan Tannehill style, but I still think Fields is more talented, more dynamic, gives you more options. So I agree, but at the same time, it's like, why would also make the Darnold trade? They, why make the Darnold trade? Because I think they keep Darnold over Mac Jones, but if, because I think when they made the trade, I think they thought Fields was going to go earlier. Yeah. Now, a lot of mocks, he's still sitting there. Um, God, I don't, I don't know where else they go. They don't go. I think they go O line if they don't go quarterback. Agreed. That's where I was going to go. I was going to say uh, they might go Rashawn Slater here. Yeah, because I think the same thing. I think they're going to try out Darnold. I think they're going to give him a shot. I think that they are in desperate need of a tackle. Um, like you said, I think a lot of teams see Slater maybe just as good as Swell or potentially better. So I could see them going um, Rashawn Slater here. Absolutely. Or if Swole falls, which he can. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's feeling, it's feeling like a tackle. Yeah. Or another trade. Yep. Yeah, I think I think as I'm going through this, it feels more and more likely somebody's going to trade up and get a fourth quarterback before the eighth pick or around the eighth eighth ninth pick. Like we're not going to get out of the top 10 without four quarterbacks drafted. All right. On to Denver. Uh so for me, Denver is probably nabbing whoever the remaining quarterback is, which in my mock is somehow Justin Fields based on what I think teams are going to do. Cause I had 
Lawrence Wilson and Trey Lance go. You had so, go three in your what you would do, I think. What I would do, yeah. No, I had Fields going two in what I would do. Or but, yeah. But for some reason, like I said, there feels like there's this just minor distaste for Fields amongst NFL scouts. I, I like a lot there's a lot of people in the media touting fields as like this guy should be number two, but there still seems to be these lingering doubts about him um, that I don't entirely think are justified, but I think NFL teams buy into. So I think he's going to go to Denver at nine. Um, the reality is I think I, I, I think if you were to say ninth pick, irregardless of who goes, you know, irregardless of who has the ninth pick, Fields is probably gone before then because I think I think Denver might be the one that trades up. Like you keep saying, Nick, you know, there's potential trade here. I think Denver could be that team because I think they want a quarterback. And if Fields is there, they're going to go get him. I'm not sold on that narrative yet. I think... I mean, it makes sense. Locks look terrible. I mean, he has. He's been awful. Yeah. Um, my, I think my remaining quarterback is Trey Lance at this point. Yep. Based on what I've talked about. I, I don't mind that pick because... I don't necessarily think he beats out Drew Locke in camp. And that gives him time to develop, which means you get what you want. But then at the same time, Denver still has a pretty good defense. I don't know what exactly puts them over the top, though, out of remaining players. The top, I don't see them picking Waddle. It doesn't fit the team to me. Um, they're already deep enough at wide out. Don't need a running back. They might take an O-lineman if he's there. I think they might need one more corner, so I could see them taking one of the corners. But I think they're they're another team that's mainly looking at trade, whether it's up or down. Um, and that would be to take a quarterback. If they trade up, if they trade down, I think they're looking at corner. So. I, I'm saying they go quarterback. Maybe they wait to nine to get them. And in that case, you know, it's... I, I think they're going to get one of two two quarterbacks, Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Um, and and in, in my version of this, it's going to be Fields, and I think they're going to be very lucky to get him. No, no chance they stay at nine and get Fields. I think a team jumps to seven where Detroit is to get Fields, or Detroit takes him. Or, or they jump to six. I mean, the Dolphins, I, I think, could move out of that spot too. 
yeah, if they want a waddle. Yeah, that that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm. I'm. But that's why in your mock, like they're way over picking on waddle there. They might as well have stayed at twelve. Um. Although I've also heard that the dumbass Eagles want to move back in the top ten to pick waddle, and I do not absolutely do not understand the waddle hype teams love waddle they love him Uh, yeah because they think he's tyreek hill they think he's gonna evolve into war war turtle Uh, i'd give anything for a blastoise just keep it a squirtle that's your best move um war turtle waddle should go outside the top 20 for me there's no way I mean, he will, though, in actuality. He won't. He'll go in the top 15. He might yeah. go in the top 10. I think he'll go in the top 10. It just makes no sense. It makes no sense. He had, like, less than 100 total catches in three years of college. Give him time, Nick. Okay. Well, I mean, people are talking about him going before Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith had 117 catches alone just this past season. It's about the physical ability, Nick. He's 5'10 run... and 170 pounds. Yeah, it doesn't the matter other, how fast he can run. There's fucking tons of fucking fast dudes. Now you're shaming him? Nick. I'm not shaming him. Nick, let's, let's get to our last pick here so we can think the profile talk fits about the for a top 10 player. Nick. Sorry. All right, Cowboys. It's going to be a corner or they're going to trade. It's probably going to be a corner. Oh, God. You you talking about Dallas? Yeah, I'm talking about Dallas. That's who picks 10th, right? Oh, no. Hell, yeah. Am I losing everybody? going to make it through a whole episode. Can you not hear me anymore? I can hear you both. I don't think Sam can hear me anymore. Oh, shit. Nick, I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can yeah, hear you. I've been able to hear you most of the whole time, I think. Oh, okay. I think it cut out when uh, we were talking about this last pick. So yeah, let's. I, uh... start- I started ranting about them taking a corner or trading. It's going to be a corner. Dallas? Yeah, they're going to take Patrick for 10. Yep. Yeah. And we're done. Wow. (laughs) We We got Tiki. I'm I'm worried about this cutting out on me again. Okay. Fucking end this bullshit, Eric, since you haven't talked in an hour. All right, I got it. Um, um, If you go to Florida and you miss your podcasting because you hate the podcast, uh, you probably have Jade's. Guaranteed. Definitely have Jade. There's no probable. Yep, hundred percent chance. 